Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode six of the Warped Sense of Reality podcast. This is Josh. With Amy. And here we are to keep our story rolling on, or my story rolling on. Um, I know we left off episode five. I'm in Lumberton now. Finally back from the California debacle. Um, Your mom's running from the wall. Mom's kind of hiding out from the, the law. law. Yeah, do- kind of yeah, more of a dodge kind of thing. Now, she's she's dodging the law because she has warrants out for... Forgery and bad check right before y'all ever left. Yeah, from so this is yeah. not counting anything that you just left bulletin and she took the credit card. Yeah, no, no, I, I have a feeling none of that ever came to fruition. That was the she, she never point. paid. She never had yeah, any never had an answer for all that. that. Yeah, she stole my man's check, mm-hmm. stole his other guy's credit card, and maxed it out till it was done, tossed it to the side. She never had any repercussions for that whatsoever because they really couldn't track her. You know how all that cameras and all this kind of stuff. So he was, you know what I'm saying? Before all the technology. They probably had to take a wash on all that money he got stole there. <clears throat> um, so yeah, we're living in Lumberton now. I'm finally getting back to a somewhat normal lifestyle because, you know, the grandmother's taking care of everything. Um, mom, I get, you know, I guess now she's there because Mark, her brother's there, the preacher. Now, you know, he's doing his thing. He's probably, I'm guessing he's probably telling her like, Debbie, you can't be a criminal running from the law living at our mother's house. You know, so I have a feeling he was probably the one. Because like, what did your uncle do? He was a preacher. Yeah, he he runs a big church in Lumberton. Probably so one of the well, big, he was probably like, the biggest church in Lumberton. I guarantee. So he was well known in the community. Yes, yes. So it's going to be an embarrassment on him. <clears throat> so he definitely has the. So I'm I'm guessing he was probably. I'm guessing he was probably telling her like, "Hey, you need to turn yourself in. You know, figure this out." So, but I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just focused on, I'm back in school. I'm hanging out with my, you know, Mark had a son that was born three months before me. So he's a little bit old. He's three months older than me. Mm-hmm. Me and him, anytime we've ever been around each other in life, we were tight. So I'm hanging out with him now, doing, getting back into church, doing my church thing. Um, you know, everything's going good. I'm still the poor kid though. You know, mom's really not doing too much work, I don't think, at the time. So, you know, I have a few outfits here and there. So basically, I wear the same outfit to church every Sunday. People staring at me, you know, because it was like I say, it was a very bougie church, a big church. So, um, but you know, I'm just, it's just good to be in a normal environment. So I'm not really not thinking about it. You know, back in my mind, I hate being the poor kid, but it is what it is. And, um, you know, living it up. Um, you know, there was a lot of church functions going on that, um, I would just miraculously be going on and, you know, find out later on in life Mark would pay for me to go on trips, you know, to be able to hang out with the youth group and stuff and the basketball tournaments and all that. So behind the scenes Mark was taking care of, of me, you know, here and there, you know, and little stuff like that. So um I know at one point he offered to take you, right? It, but when you told me that story you said that he said something and I don't really want to go into that about your sister. So to me, that was that. That was y'all. That had to be when y'all were younger, because she was your sister was not around now. This, yeah, this would have been this. I think this might have been on in California, early California days. He um, offered to take me. You know, I guess. So this uh, is before you and, and and your cousin were even close. Um, no, no, no. I grew up around them periodically through all different times of my life. So me and Brandon were always off and on, off and on, off and on, close, not close, close, not close, close, not close. Um, but. I, I got along great with him, and Mark, you know, he did his fair share to did help. Did you behave in church? Yeah. Me and Brandon would get a little a little wild in church. They always say, I, they say the preacher's kids are the worst kids in church. I 100% agree with that. That is 100% true. Brandon was wild. I was wild. 
Um, I mean, for the most part, I mean, we, we were liked in church, you know, people, you know, all, we were in all the youth groups and, you know, people, you know, we get a little annoying for the older kids, like the older youth who get irritated with us once in a while. Cause me and Brandon had a volatile relationship, but like when he was, we're very, both of us are very bullheaded. So if something broke out, you know, we were getting little fisticuffs every now and then and they'd have to break us up, separate us on the church bus, put me in the back, him in the front or whatnot, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, it was about the, you know, Normal kid stuff. Hour later, you're back buds again. So, um, it is what it was. But we had a good time. Did church. your mom go to church? No, she did not go to church. I mean, she. But she was still hiding from the law. Yes, yes. Um, she at some point she finally turned herself in. But basically, what her saving grace was is I know she starts looking into the um charges and stuff. You know, mind you, we had been gone for a few years by this point. Well. A, a lot of the places that had warrants out for had already went out of business. So that was, so you can't serve that warrant now if the company's no longer around. Mm-hmm. So she, were, she went from probably having close to 20 plus charges to under 10 charges. By the time it was all said and done, a lot of people had dropped charges or they had shut down. They were gone, no longer around. So she ended up, but I know, I, I want to say she, she ended up turning herself in and going, I, I want to say she did a little bit of time in jail in Lumberton. Why they were getting the cases up and get them ready, and then they extradited her back to Greensboro, and then there she was sitting in Greensboro jail for a long time. I, I, I want, I, I feel like she was there for o- over six months to a year, maybe longer. She had to sit and do time in jail for all the forgery. And, and what grade were you in them by now? Um, I would have been. This would have been summer of summer of eighth going the ninth. My grade. You had about what thirteen, fourteen? Yep, something like that. Yeah, I remember they wanted me to do a testimonial at church, you know, like, I guess before you get up and, like, say, you know, because I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and then they want you to do a testimonial, like, on a Sunday night mm-hmm. service, and you get up and say, like, hey, I'm Josh, this is, you know, thank you. yeah, this is, here's my story. I think I stood up, maybe got five words out and busted out crying on stage in front of the church, and I remember the music director, John Wisnan, come rolling up and grabbed me around the shoulder and pulled me off stage, and Took me to the back and let me just get my tears out and stuff. Because at this point, my mom was in jail. And I think I might have got to that point. Like, okay, yeah, my mom's in jail. You know, and then I just I couldn't do it. So I ended up not giving them testimonial that night. And, uh, but still, it was a good, it was my, my ninth grade year was a really good year for me. Um, I, my ball, my life revolved around the church. Um, but your mom's in jail. Yeah, mom's in jail. Basically, grandma was taking care of me. I'm living with grandma. But and how was that? Was that gra- oh yeah, grandma was fine. Yeah, grandma did. She cooked, cleaned, all that good stuff, and made sure you got. Did she go to church? One. Yes. Yeah, they, they had a. The church had a van. Like they go around and pick up some of the seniors that couldn't drive, or Mark would come get her. Or at one point, she was still driving when I first moved to London. So I think she would drive herself to church. Actually, me and her both. And um. But but sometimes she wasn't driving. I remember the church van would pick her up. Sometimes Mark would come pick her up. What does she do when you and Brandon start acting up in church? Um, normally we wouldn't be sitting with her. So I don't know. She really get a hold of us. If she was near, she'd like do the little peach the knee thing or whatever. You know, to calm down. But some, she was getting up there in age. And sometimes she'd be over there dozing off in church. So. so Mark would have the... Um, there was one time in church that me and Brandon were acting up thinking wasn't nobody paying attention. And in the middle of the sermon, Mark's like, you know, and John loved the world. He gave it, Josh and Brandon, stop now. And then he went back and just like, he right back to the Bible verse. And you're just like, me and him like, oh, this is embarrassing. The church is looking at us and we're just like kind of, oh, oh, oh. 
You know, Brand's like, we're going to be in trouble, you know. And sure enough, Mark pulled us to the side after, like, as you, as everybody walks out of the church, he's up there greeting everybody. And he was like, y'all should step over here. So he waited till it was done. He chewed us out a little bit. Uh, that was the only time he ever, we ever, I'll, I'll say, I don't say we stopped, but we definitely didn't get busted by him anymore. You know, sitting, I think we were sitting, normally we would sit to the left or right of the stage. So this time we were sitting out front. So we were like, you know, five pews back. He's looking dead over the crowd. He can see it. So we usually sit to the left or right of the stage. So we can, you know, move off a little bit. Um, so, but like I say, so life's getting back to normal. I'm doing a lot of church activities. I'm in the, you know, R, back then it was called RAs, you know, Royal Ambassadors, the little thing we had every Wednesday night. And we're doing the, uh, playing three on three basketball tournaments. I joined the church basketball league. We're playing just a lot of basketball, a lot of basketball going on, you know, um, uh, I, that was my first full year since my sixth grade year back in the school in ninth grade. So did my full year in ninth grade. I want to say it was like the third nine weeks. I got straight A's for the first, for the first and only time the rest of my life that I ever had straight A's. So, and I, and you can't, you know, you can hem and haul and try to make excuses, but that was just being a part of hanging with other like-minded individuals, you know, the other RAs. Um, you know, my, my friends, Chris and Joseph and everybody, just like-minded kids and uh, looking for the same thing in life, you know, and just, you know, with that, you know, that Christian background and it just, you know, it was a good time, a good year for me. And, um, you were having, hanging around children or <clears throat> youth that had goals. Yes. And just other kids, like, just like-minded kids where you're just out doing, you know, and I had a few hiccups here and there, you know, we was part of a carpool, um, you know, not like, I, I still had some, I mean, you're coming from a kid being homeless doing whatever you want to do. So sometimes I might say something the wrong thing or act the wrong way or, you know, these Christian mothers, they used to. You hadn't you been know, raised. You've been raising yourself. Yeah. So I was pretty, I could be vulgar at times or say inappropriate things and, you know, and not, not understand like, ooh, you should. You had seen things that even there, these kids' parents they, probably they wouldn't, they couldn't existed. have fathomed. They wouldn't be able to fathom the stuff I went through. So I, I got kicked out of the carpool at one point. Um, but it got invited back in. I apologized. Uh, yeah, we had some bumpy, there was some bumpy steps through, throughout that whole process of that year. You know, just to me learning to, you know, but by, the, I'll say by the end of the year though, I was back to a normal, <clears throat> yes, <coughs> yes ma'am, no sir, you know, elbows off the table, you know, doing, you know, like a normal human being, you know. Looking back, do you think that was a turning point for you? Uh, yes. Knowing what the, knowing what the next step in your life is about to, what we're about, what you're about to tell? It, it, it was you, a turning point. You didn't point. want to go back to. Yeah, it, it it was like I thought everything would be fine. Everything was finally normal now, and this is how life should be, and how things should go. And you realize this is the life you wanted. Yes, with- yes, it was very, it was very nice. I thought this is it. I thought this is it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna live in Lumberton until I, I'm, this is it. You know, this is where I'm gonna die, or this is where I'm gonna graduate high school. You know, all this is what I was thinking. And so, um, this is, you know, so, um, summertime comes, by this time, my mom, like, somewhere during the school year, my mom finally come back from jail. And then, you know, she's living there with grandma, and she starts her crap up again, you know, having these weird boyfriends come, you know, and it just, but mom was, my mom's always seeking the attention of a man. I don't understand why, you know, but I have, you know, throughout my life, I've seen, I, it's a common thing a lot of women go through. So it was part of her, you know, maybe she was still trying to find that Danny out there. I don't know. And um, so, you know, so I think eventually Mark was like, look, you got to get your own place. You can't just keep having men at grandma, you know, at your mother's house. This that the third. Plus, grandma was having some stroke issues. 
where she would have a, um, no, she, she had a bunch of mini strokes. She had a couple full blown strokes and a couple mini strokes. So it was starting to get to the point where she, in the house we were in was kind of a bigger house. Um, so, and the rent was a little high for grandma to be paying with a little bit she had. So Mark moved her over to a smaller house, uh, a lady in the church owned and gave grandma like, I think she charged 250 bucks a month on that. Nice little house, perfect for grandma. So mom goes out and we rent a trailer. Um, there's a trailer on the end. One of my best friends, Lee Britt, lived across the street. And we moved, we, and it was a trailer there. They had remodeled and everything and we were renting the trailer. So mom rents a trailer. I move in over there. It was good times because I was still near. Matter of fact, it brought me closer to the church and everything. So I was closer to Brandon now. And I, I could walk to grandma's in five minutes or her new place she was living. Lee's right across the street. You know, everything was good. And the uh, school comes to an end, and um, you know now I'm like, hey, I want to go see Dad. Cause I ain't seen Dad in forever. You know, I'm gonna go spend the summer with Dad. Mom's like, okay, cool. So Dad's like, yeah, I want him for the summer. So he come picks me up for summer. So you know, I leave. Got my little room all tidied up, and trailer's looking good. Everybody's happy. You know, Mom's working. Everybody, everything's good. I head to Greensboro for the summer. You know, this would be my summer between ninth and tenth grade year. So. Well, it was a good summer. Dad went and helped me get my uh, driver's permit and everything, and um, was letting me. Uh, no matter of fact, he, no, I would have got my driver's license. Yeah, he got me. He wouldn't help me get my driver's. Maybe it was a permit. He taught you how to drive, though. Yeah, but I, but I was driving without him, so I had to get my license. I had to because permit you can't drive without an unlicensed driver. Was he letting you drive that summer? Yes, he he had an El Camino, a nice little El Camino. He hooked up and was really, you know kind of corny now, but it was a nice car then. And um, he would let me drive. So it had to be my driver's license he helped me get. Um, and uh, he would let me drive the El Camino around. I had to stay in the country though. Like he was working all day, I'd just drive around the country in the El Camino, learn how to drive and stuff. Because you were that was your summer of ninth grade, so you would have been sixteen. Yeah, yeah. So I had my cousin Dean with me. He drive with me. Keep in mind, normally you wouldn't be yet possibly for till tenth grade, but you were you're behind. Now. I'm a year behind now. Yeah. So, so um, I'm driving all summer, having a good old time. You know, me and my dad got big into video games. I mean, he was it was it was a good time. You know, dad would come home from work and. You know, I was his, you know, he spent every minute with me, you know, we, um, we'd go, every, everything I did was with him the whole summer, you know, it was a very good time. And, uh, y'all play video games together. Yeah, play video games together. And he'd go, you know, I mean, it was it's just as big as him was for me, like, hey, son, I'm off, I'm gonna get off tomorrow, I'm gonna go rent some games. And he's like, yeah, dad, and, you know, it was good times. And we'd go to, just. Cause he had been cut out of your life for, pretty much, yeah, he'd been since y'all left. Yeah, for a while, yeah, yeah. And, and, like or, Meredith came back way before me while we were still home with Meredith back, but she came back and went butt wild, and Dad couldn't control her. You know what I'm saying? It was a disaster. So then I come back and for the summer, and I guess Dad's like, "Okay, what's this going to be like?" I come in, I'm just a normal, humble child. But it probably is probably from my you hadn't experienced any it was, drugs or yeah, I had yeah that plus plus I had a great ninth grade year hanging out with my Christian buddies. You know what I'm saying? So I was a humble kid. They kind of tamed you down. Yes, but I would, but even untamed, I wasn't as wild as what I hear she was going through when she came back, you know, a few years earlier than me. So I think dad was just like, woo, okay, this is normal. Let's have some fun, you know, so we had a good time. And so the summer is short but sweet. It comes to an end, like maybe two weeks before school starts, three weeks before school starts. Dad's like, hey, I got to take you home. Did your dad ever promise to get you a car? No, dad never promised me anything, you know, because I was just there for the summer. So, no, I just want to clarify because that was a rumor that's been. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, so the summer was great. He's like, okay, I got to take you home. And mind you, he worked at Cone Mills before they shut down. He worked there for a long time. 
and uh, he was pretty much um, like he worked four days on, three days off, then he worked three days on, four days off. So I think he's going on one of his, he's had his third day off. And um, so we come back home, and um, he drives me back to Lumberton, drives, takes me to the trailer, drops me off, and I'm like, love you, Dad, see you later, get my stuff out. And I guess it wasn't like a, hey, let's wait. It, 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 it wasn't like a, I'm going to wait and see. Sorry, my dog's barking because somebody's at the door here. I don't know why we can't just. I apologize, people. So, I am, so, I lost my train of thought here. So you're getting back from your uh, dad's for the summer. Yes, yeah, so dad drives me off, and, and, and it wasn't like a here, let me walk you in, son. It was like, okay, son, love you. You know, maybe we'll get together sometime during the year. Maybe I'll see you for one of the holidays or something. I'm like, okay. So he drops me off, and he drives off. Well, this is before cell phones, so preface that before I get to the story. So I go walking up inside them. I go walking up to the trailer door, and, I, you know, I have my bag in my hand. I open the trailer door. I step in, and automatically, like, this smell hits me, and it's like, death like I, I'm like oh my god like and then and then I feel something on me I look down and like I'm wearing shorts and I mind you, I look down and I'm a pretty hairy person I got hairy legs I look down and there's probably a thousand fleas just woof on my on, just done hit my legs I look down and there's fleas everywhere and I'm like oh my god I step into the trailer and I look to my left and it looks like somebody just took like five garbage bags of trash and dumped it all throughout the trailer like in the living room floor, the kitchen floor, like you couldn't even see the floor. And it, the smell was so god awful. And I'm just like, what in the world? I look back, dad's gone. I'm like, oh crap. So I set my bag down and, um, I start walking, you know, tiptoeing around trailer, feces everywhere, dried up. You know, it's just terrible. And then I hear a whimpering noise and I go over to like towards the kitchen area and there's like five dead puppies in the floor. And one puppy still squirming around. And I'm like, that's obviously the smell because it's like some of them had started to rot. So I'm like, what in the world? So of course I'm like, mom, you know, hello, you might hear nobody's answering. So I pick up this little puppy that's barely alive, fleas, like you couldn't even see his eyes. He had so many fleas in his eyes all over his body. I go turn the water on, the water works, you know, um, I rinse the, rinse the dog off best I can, find something to wrap him in. I walk through the whole trailer. Nobody's there. I go to my room, open the door. My room is pristine. Like I, like I had left it. My door ain't even been open, I think, since I left. So I set my bag in my room, and I come out, and I shut the door, and I go back outside the trailer just to get out of the smell, get the fleas off of me. And I see, and then I noticed there was like a, an eviction notice on the door, like on the side, stuck inside. I didn't notice it when I walked in. I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, what in the world? So the one thing I know to do is walk to Grandma's house. So I walk to Grandma's house. It's like a mile away. I walk to her house, and I get there, and there's, I guess, I guess I didn't realize that Grandma had had another mini stroke, so at this point, Grandma's not even at her house. She's in the hospital. I get there. There's Mom laid up with some dude I've never seen before. I think they were both doing heroin or something, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, what? Like, I don't understand what is going on here. So, and of course, and, and she ain't, and she's just, of course, she's like in one of her manic moods, like, Hey, son, how was your trip? You know, oh, I love you. I miss you. And you just tell she's acting fake because he's in front of this dude. They're high, you know, and I'm just like, man, oh, man. So I sit myself down and, I, and I'm just focusing on the dog, trying to get this dog figured out. And I'm sure, I think I had a conversation with mom, like, what happened to the trailer? Like, what is going on? There's a big, like, we have nowhere to live. 
you know, it's here to, coming off with a great ninth grade year, a beautiful summer. I get dropped off and in five minutes I'm back in the crap again. So we're there most of the day. And then, you know, and, I'm, and right across the street from where Grandma lived was Joseph Skipper. Uh, he was another friend of mine, you know, one of the boys I played with. And I look over there and I see he got a little truck in the driveway and I see him go get in a truck and I'm like, oh, look at them. They had a nice summer. They, everybody, they turned 16. He got a nice little car. I don't have nothing. Then I see Brandon come to his house and I was too embarrassed to even open the door and say, hey, I'm here. Cause I was like, this is embarrassing. So I just, you know, see Brandon pull up his little truck and I'm like, okay, so they're having a normal teenage summer. So everybody's gotten cars for the summer. Yeah. Everybody's got cars for the summer. Everybody. Yeah. And this is, and because mind you, I had no communication once I left, you know, hey, Brandon, y'all see y'all later. I'll be back, you know, before school starts. So then I'm just sitting there and as, at me, in my mind, I think here I am again, the poor kid again. I don't have nothing. I ain't going to have nothing. And they, they're here they are getting to have normal teenage lives. And I don't know, I was just starting to get irritated. And then, um, I'm guessing they must have saw some movement in the house or something. Cause then next thing you know, it's starting to get dark outside. Here comes Mark knocking on the door. Mom opens the door and Mark comes in there and is like, what are y'all doing? Grandma's in the hospital. She had a stroke, you know, or our mom's in the hospital with a stroke. Like, what are you, what are you doing here? Who's this guy? Why are you laid up in her house? Yeah. Why are you heroin? laid up in her house? Like, what's going on? You got to get out. And of course, your mom's like him and hauling and like, I don't have nowhere to go. And I don't care. You got to get out. So now he, he stands there while we all rush out and he shuts the locked door behind us and he gets in his little Cadillac and goes back home. And now here I am, my first night back home in Lumberton from a great ninth grade year, a great summer, and I'm homeless. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't, you know, this is impossible. I can't do this. And that was your downfall with your relationship with Mark? Pretty much, yes. Because, I mean, you claim to be, you know, he's been a preacher his whole life. And, and it's in a point, I can look back on as a 40-year-old man, looking back on now, he's put a church before his family his whole life. But, I mean, but that was how he made his money. So it was always, I no, I can't do this with y'all. I got to go to Duke or I got to go do this with my church, you know. So a deacon's wife's sick in the church. I got to go tend to that. Mm-hmm. So he dedicated his life to the church, you know, and he and, and he and he's living a good. He has a lot to show for that, you know, mm-hmm. man, nice, beautiful house, beautiful cars, horses, horse pastures, horse trailers. I mean, they live very nice. And so, and maybe that's what he had to do to put, but to put food on his table. And 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 he and he chose, you know, I guess you'd say, well, he put God first, and you know, in the Christian world, that's what you're supposed to do. So, um, so he gets in his Cadillac and goes back home. Here I am standing outside his house in front of Joseph Skipper's house and I'm the little homeless kid again. And then, so mom and this dude scrounge up some money to get us a Motel 6. We get to the Motel 6, you know, and I'm looking at my watch like, you know, I can't call dad because he wouldn't be home yet by now because, you know, it's like a three hour ride home. So I, I wait around and I'm just thinking in my head, I'm trying to say that I'm focusing on this puppy, trying to save the puppy. The puppy ends up dying because it needs mother's milk. I have no mother's milk to give it, you know, and the puppy dies like my second night in the hotel. So, but that first night I finally get in touch with dad. I call that night. I'm like, dad, you know, I ain't spoke to my mother yet. I mean, about the situation. I'm just irritated. I'm like, dad, can I come live with you? He said, yes, son. I have no problem with that. He's like, but I'm about to go on a four day work week and I won't be off for four days and. Did you uh, tell your dad the situation? Oh, yeah. I told dad what was going on. And then said, I live with you. He said, yes. No hesitation. He said, I'll come get you on my four days. up. When I go on my three days off, I'll come get you. So I hang up with him. I go to mom. I'm like, look, I'm leaving. I'm moving. I'm going to move. I'm moving in with dad. You know, and she's just like, oh, I knew you'd always, I knew one day you'd leave me and break my heart. I can't believe you're leaving me, you know, and, and then, you know, you look, I'm, I'm just He's like, trying to manipulate yeah, it was a manipulation tactic. 
you know, and, and, and here recently talking with her, I, you know, I think you were in there with us the other day we were talking. It's been a while, a month ago or so when she was like, you know, I know I did bad, but I always wanted y'all with me. You know, she made that comment. Like, I always wanted my kids with me. But like, she wanted us with her because she wouldn't, so she wouldn't suffer alone. Like, she thinks she did. So, oh, yeah, you know, I know life was bad, but I always had y'all with me. Like, that was doing she us never a favor. Had, she never put you guys before her. Like, it was the, the same thing with animals. She always wants her animals with her, but she doesn't ever care about their quality of life. Pretty much. I think it's just a com- it comforts her to know she ain't laying on the stars by herself. I don't know. So she tried to manipulate me and, you know, guilt trip me into not knowing. I'm like, no, I'm going. I, I don't want to be the poor kid once. In- like, where are we going to live at, Mom? Like, we're in a motel six. What are we doing? You know, and now, and the school starts in two weeks. So I'm going to be the new kid. See, and, and there, ninth grade was its own little school. You know what I'm saying? Where 10th, 11th, 12th was the high school. So now I'm going to 10th grade to the high school. I'm going to Lumberton Senior High. With all the bougie kids and rich kids, and they got new cars for the summer, and here I am with nothing, you know. And I was just, I can't do it. I can't. It's, I'm embarrassed. I just don't want to do this. So, I, um, she, we, it was kind of a non, you know, just we. They kept finding money somehow to stay in the motel every night, and then a couple, you know, four days later, Dad come and got me, and uh, I jumped in the car with him and never looked back after. I think from that point on, I might have spoke to him. That was in 1990. That'd have been 1996. Yeah, that would have been 96, right? And I think between 96 and 2021, I spoke to my mom maybe... Ten times. Ten times, you know? But she's reached out, like... <clears throat> oh, yeah, she's reached out probably 20 times throughout that she time. She'll reach out. I, I just ignored it. I miss you so Yeah, I love you. Happy birthday. I've been thinking about you. You know, and I, I just wouldn't reciprocate. Every now and then I call here and there, but for the most part... Well, I mean, there is one scenario. So, and so now here I am leaving Lumberton, moving to Greensboro, and, um, you know, school starts in Greensboro. I get put in, you know, they get me into school. Now, do you still not have a relationship with your sister at this point? Um, I mean, Because as was, you're going to Greensboro, she's going to Lumberton. She was already in Lumberton living. She was already working at the same gas station as mom was. So, yeah, well, yeah, we were crossing paths. I think at one point before we left that house where grandma was living, the big house in the dirt road, Meredith lived there too for a little bit. So, where was Meredith when all this was going on? Um, she might have been with Gerald by this time, living with Gerald. Is she just doing her own? Yes, yeah, yeah. Gerald she, was, she met Gerald in Lumberton? Yes. Okay. The Gerald from Fayetteville. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, she met Gerald in Lumberton. So, but um, y'all weren't close, or? No, no. We still dealing with the same crap mom. You know, we had that in common. That's about all we had in common. You know, she's already had kids and, you know, dating and pregnant with another one and, you know, just doing her thing. I'm just sitting here just trying to get through high school still. You know, she dropped out. When she came back home from to North Carolina, and when I was still home in California, she came in. She went to ninth grade, and I think did a few months of school, and dropped out in ninth grade. <clears throat> so she has, you know. So now here we are. I'm going to my tenth grade year. You know, she's done been out of school. She done dropped out like three years earlier. You know what I'm saying? So, but she, now she's since got her GED and a four year degree. Yes, yes, she has. Yeah, she went and got her GED, and she has a bachelor's degree in like computer science or computer technology or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, um, so now I moved home with dad to Greensboro, and that's pretty much where my life did a 360 turn. You know, that was the, probably the best thing that I could have done for, and it was the first time. What's the first thing that your stepmom did when you got there? She took me and got me a job at Harris Peter. <laughs> he said your feet barely hit the door. <laughs> well, no, no, because I did a little bit of summer. I did a little, I mean, the summer ended, I think I had a week left before school started. 
And Dad was like, look, you can drive my El Camino to, to school every day. So I wasn't going to take the bus. That was nice. So here I am going to my 10th grade year, Eastern Guilford, you know, where I, this is basically the people, when I go to, when I went back to Eastern Guilford, these were the friends that I had back when mom was married to Danny. So these are the kids I went to school through kindergarten through sixth grade with, mm-hmm. right? So I played soccer with all them years, softball, basketball. But now they're a year ahead of you. Now they're a year ahead of me. So I'm coming walking in 10th grade. All these people are in 11th grade. Mm-hmm. So, and I've seen them all. I remember every, every day I'd see a new one. I know, oh, there's Joey. Oh, that's Sean. Oh, there's Scott. And I'm just like, man, I was so excited, but I was embarrassed to go talk to him. Because for one, you hadn't seen me in what, seventh, eighth, ninth, in like four or five years. And two, I'm a grade behind you. So the whole year went by. I didn't, there was only one person I spoke with that was Larry Pratt. You know, and, and Larry would ride to school with me every day. Larry Pratt was a friend I had also had. You came back to Greensboro and still became friends with Larry Pratt? Yes. After he stole your shoes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Larry Pratt was riding us back and forth school with me and I got back into school. Things were good. Um, I think maybe probably a month into school, I get home from school one day and dad's like, you gotta go mow the grass. I'm like, okay, I'll mow the yard. All right. All right. And he's like, the, the lawnmower's behind the shop. You know, they behind, there was like a acre of yard and a shop in the mm-hmm. back of the yard. He's like, the lawnmower's behind the shop. So I go be bopping behind the shop and there's a new car, not a new car. It was a, it was a used Nissan Sentra sitting there. And of course I see it and I knew I'm like, I think I, I, I probably started crying and they come walking up and gave me a hug and everything like, this is your new car, you know? And so you can, you know, and I was like, wow, you know, just like you go from nothing to that, you know, it was a big experience. And, um, and then dad was like, look, you got to pay me back for the car, you know? So he taught me some work ethic and that's when Rachel said, took me out. I put some applications in around town, nothing. Rachel's like, get in the car. You know, I'm like, well, nobody's calling me back for a job. I'm like, get in the car. She drove me straight to Harris Teeter Golden Gate Shopping Center, walked me in the door, talked to Miss Becky Miller, the front end manager, <laughs> and I was hired on the spot. And she said, can you work tomorrow? You know, here, take this uh, worker's permit, go get it filled out, and you can show it tomorrow. I went and got a worker's permit, showed out, showed it the next day. They had four seventy five an hour. I'm bagging groceries, you know. And I get paid once a week, and I pay him, you know, uh, I think 50 bucks for the car and 30 bucks for insurance. So eighty bucks a week, I get him out of my check. You know, and so you pay him for the car and for the insurance. How much was the car? Uh, the car I think he paid forty five hundred dollars for. He got you know took a little loan out and bought it from like one of the used car lot. It was a nineteen eighty nine Nissan Sentra white four door, or it was a two door. It was two door. It was two door. Yeah. So the trunk was broke. You had to hold it down. It wasn't car. broke at first. It broke later on as we were driving, but. But yeah, we're at, we're at the thirty minute mark now, thirty one minute mark now. So we're going to shut this thing down. Um, but yes, yeah, so here we are. I'm back home in Greensboro now, and my life's about to start going very normal. Um, now the true turning point. I think when you were in Lumberton, being around them showed you what you wanted versus what you had been Yes, yes, yes. But yes, now yes. you're actually getting. Now I'm actually getting some normalcy, and things are going good, and um. I'm I'm a year away at this point. I'm a year away from meeting the love of my life. So put that in perspective. As a little tenth grade homeless kid, <laughs> it's a year from now. I'm gonna meet the woman I'm spending the rest of my life with. So that's interesting. If you put it, if you look at it that way. So, but yeah, we'll wrap it up here. We'll pick up on the uh, flip side. I might have one more good episode here, and really, it's just gonna be just how my life went back to normal. To be honest with you. So. 
Uh, then we'll probably do maybe try to work in an episode of some some weird side stories throughout this whole time that we might have left out. Yeah, we definitely left out some interesting situations. <clears throat> so we'll call it a day here. Thank you for listening to episode six of the Warts and Reality podcast. Uh, I'm Josh. And we appreciate everybody who's listening. We see them them downloads going up. Please feel free to leave comments, uh, feedback, you know, things we can fix. Reviews. Reviews. Uh, and we subscribe. appreciate everybody who listens. Hit that subscribe button.